Hey, good morning to you. This is, well, for me, it's February the 1st. It's uh, Wednesday morning, about 6.30 or so. And I want to welcome you to uh, DK Missions Proclaiming the Word podcast. Yes, we're, we're back on schedule. Last week kind of got messed up and uh, it was a little late getting it getting it out there. And a lot of the people, a lot of people missed it and not gotten the podcast. I hope you get this one. If you get a chance to listen to last week's as well. But well, we are glad that you're here this morning, and if you will turn in your copy of God's Word, the book of Philippians, you'll be exactly where you need to be. Philippians chapter 1, and really, our focus is going to be verse 12, I think. We're probably going to take most of our time discussing about that. Don't worry about background noises. Can't do nothing about that. Anyway, we're glad you're here. As I said, this is DK Ministries Proclaiming the Word Podcast. I am Danny Smith, your Bible teacher at DK Ministries, and you can contact us at dspreacherman at gmail.com dspreacherman at gmail.com every bit of it lowercase you say why do you give the uh why do you give the address and everything so soon so early in the podcast because i forget at the last (laughs) and i want to make sure you know how to contact us and and so here we are uh, studying the book of philippians getting back really to our study of the book of philippians and we come to one of the most one of me one of the most fascinating uh, passages or chapters, and I don't know, maybe I use that, that term too easily because so much of the Bible is fascinating to me, but uh, one of the things that Paul said here uh, in this passage of Scripture, uh, this, uh, as we finish the first chapter of the book of Philippians, verse 12, but I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. And, and Paul has, he has wanted to go to Rome, and he wanted to go as a preacher, he went as a prisoner, He's wanted to go to Rome. He's making it to Rome. And now he's kind of laying the, the, the story of the events. And it probably did not read and it did not tell like he thought it was going to read or like he thought it would be told. Uh, because he wasn't the preacher who stood on the on the corner or in the palace or wherever, you know, wherever you would in Rome to declare uh, the gospel. He went in as a prisoner. And, and yet, even though he went in as a prisoner, uh, he could see what God was doing. Uh, this morning, uh, I was I was recording our devotional thought for the day on, on DK Ministries. You found that on our Facebook page, and and one of the things we talked about was being part, being a piece of God's plan. And and sometimes that plan in in parts of our life is not at all what we think it's going to be. And Paul had come to come to grips with the fact that he was fulfilling God's plan in his life by being a prisoner at the moment for whatever reason. And yet, we see that as a prisoner. Paul got opportunity after opportunity to preach, to tell, to share, to, to reach people for Christ, to stand positively as a witness, uh, to stand with boldness. He was arrested illegally. Uh, then he, you know, he was shipwrecked, and he finally makes it to Rome. And then all those things, he says, well, let's go back and read it again. I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So he's, he says everything that's taken place, uh, well, it's happened. And it is happening to me, and yet it has it has furthered the gospel, and it has it has gotten the message out. Paul had come to the place, and we need to get there, that he realized as long as the gospel was moving forward, it was all right, it was good. But when the gospel moved forward, even if he was being elevated, it wasn't good, because the most important thing was furthering the gospel. Most of us in our churches forget that our goal in our churches, yes, is to worship our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but to bring people in, encourage, invite, and and challenge people to become a part of what God is doing and to find a church, if not our church, whichever church you happen to go to, find a church to, that they can serve and meet the Lord in. And we forget that and we kind of settle back and, and, and you know, let the preacher do this or maybe a church leader do that. And, 
Well, we forget that we should do a part. There are three things that Paul mentions in this, uh, really this second half of chapter one that really helped him. And I just want to mention them because we have them. <laughs> we do have them. And, and we don't use them like he does. So let me go back and, and just kind of read some more of what Paul said, uh, beginning there in verse 12. But I want you to know, brethren, uh, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the feathers of the gospel. So that became evident to the whole palace guard and all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak without fear, uh, speak the word without fear, excuse me. Uh, some indeed preach Christ, uh, even from envy and strife, and, and some also from goodwill. Uh, the former preach Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely supporting uh, to add affliction uh, to my chains, but the latter out of love. Knowing what I am appointed for the defense of the gospel, what then? Only that every way, in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and I, and, and in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. Uh, as Paul looked, Paul looked at what was happening. There were three things that he realized God was using that most of us would have never thought God would have used in His life, and and we'll, we'll, we'll use in our life. Uh, Paul realized his chains had become something that God used. Those things that, that, that bound him, that kept him where he was and, and kept him from going from where really he had wanted to go. Uh, let's just say his circumstances. Uh, his circumstances as a prisoner. I don't know what your circumstances are. I doubt very seriously those of us who are who are taking part in this podcast today uh, or the days to come as you listen to it are prisoners are bound anywhere uh, but we're in situations maybe we can't get out of, maybe we can't change, and maybe we don't understand. And yet what we should know, what we should see, what we should understand is that God can use our circumstances. He used them in Paul's life. He can use them in yours. Uh, I, I've come to see, and you may have heard me mention it if you've listened to the podcast, I've come to see we live our life in seasons, and we move from one season to the next. And, and sometimes those seasonal changes, quote-unquote, uh, bring us changes in the, in the work that we do or the way that we serve or the things that we're able to do, and, and on and on and on it goes. But we should use our circumstances uh, to God's glory, the gospel's good, and to people's benefit. Now, there's a lot of people today when bad things happen, difficult things happen, they use the phrase, oh, I'm okay, under, you know, under the circumstances. We are never supposed to be under the circumstances. Paul was in chains, and yet the gospel was going out. You and I should should understand what Paul understood, that even in our circumstances, for him that was changed, I don't know what it is for you, Maybe it's a difficult family situation, a tough job reality. Uh, uh, maybe it's a, you know, a, a professor or a teacher that's just giving you the what for for whatever reason. Or maybe it's, you know, whatever, and, and it's something in your mind. You ain't even touched, Brother Danny, what I'm on. Well, that's because I don't know what your chains are. I don't know what your circumstances are. But God knows, and he wants to use those for his good for his glory, to reach others, to build, uh, to, to be a witness uh, to others of what he can do in the midst or in spite of yours and my circumstances. Most of us can share testimonies of how uh, we wanted to do something. We didn't get to do what we wanted to do, but God God uh, took us through another way, another route, another, and, and God did something. 
Well, that's in spite of the circumstances. Uh, the second, not only his chains, uh, Paul, his critics, Paul realized that he was talked about. <laughs> I, can't, I, cannot, I, I cannot imagine what it was like to have been the Apostle Paul to be talked about in such a way. Now, most of us have been talked about by people from time to time. You know, we've been, we've been criticized, you know, we've been picked apart, and we've been complained about, and all those things. Um, oh. But Paul didn't. Paul saw his his critics in a different way. He, he saw as they as they spoke and told about what he did. You know, maybe they said things like that crazy preacher. Well, what does he preach? What does he say? And, and people were, even though it wasn't meant to be a seed planting experience, it became one. Uh, people, you know, begin to talk about that Paul, uh, the prisoner, instead of Paul the apostle. But Paul the prisoner spoke before leaders and. And had people come by uh, where he was being held. He spoke to them. He shared his faith boldly. He didn't, he didn't let his critics stop you. I want to ask you a question. Do you stop? Do you wait? Do you fall back? Do you, do you hesitate because people criticize you? If so, then you're probably not going to get very, very far in helping people come to Christ or helping the church or, or even very far in life because there are going to be critics no matter what you do. Yeah, you know, they criticize everything. Criticize the way you look, uh, the way you eat, the things you do, the things you say, the way you say it. There are critics everywhere. Uh, recently, uh, we, Kathy and I, were privileged to hear a pastor preach that that is very well known, uh, kind of in these parts of the world, and and gets lots of opportunities to preach. Great preacher, but his voice is very hard to identify. He, I mean, well, no, it's not hard to identify. In fact, when you hear him talk, you know who it is. But it is, it is very unusual. And my guess has been, and I, I'm just guessing here because I haven't been able to sit down with him. I don't have that kind of relationship with him. I've heard him preach a number of times. But every time I hear him preach, I realize having grown up with a voice like he has, now whether you want to say it's an accent or whatever you want to say, it is distinctive or it's different. Probably to tell, it depends who's telling the story. Well, I would imagine that he probably has been criticized for lots of reasons with his voice. And yet God has used him in a mighty way uh, to get the message out. He is a great preacher. Uh, he's a fantastic evangelist. He is a good teacher. Uh, he has done so many things uh, in, the, in, in part of God's work. Well, uh, you say, Brother Danny, why don't you tell us who this? No, I don't, I don't think so because I don't want you to go, uh, you know, looking at this person, that person. I don't want you to look at yourself. What are you doing in your life? Are you letting the critics, are you letting them stop you from doing what God wants you to do? Are you letting them pull you away from the things that God wants you to do? And, and the last thing that Paul uh, talks about in this, in this section of Scripture before he finishes chapter 1 is his crisis. Uh, and he had lots of them. Now you say, wouldn't crisis and situation similar when you talk about change? Well, they're similar, but they're not the same. Uh, sometimes we're in a situation, and it's not a crisis. It's not difficult, but sometimes we have a crisis and we have a very difficult time. There was a time in our life where something really bad happened to us as a, as a couple. We had a very difficult time. I'm not going to tell you that, not going to review that with you, but I was going to LSU at the time. And the thing that happened in our life caused me to miss some classes about a week's worth, I guess it was. Well, I was taking a class, a very difficult class where the professor was, <laughs> I don't even know. I've been at people, the class started out as a big class, but it was dwindling all the time. 
Now, I didn't need to drop the class because I needed to graduate, and I was trying to graduate at that point. I was trying to move out. Had I dropped that class, it would have delayed me. Well, I wound up missing some classes. And this is one of the few professors in, in those big classes that really seemed to keep up with who was there, who missed, and he seemed to take it personal if you missed. And knowing that, I decided to go by his office and see him. Now, I don't know that I owed him an explanation of where I'd been or what had happened in my life, our life, I should say, but I decided to. And so he had office hours. So I went to his office and uh, he let me come in and I, I said, I've been out and I may have missed two weeks. I forgot. He said, oh, I know Mr. Smith. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay, he knows my name. Well, I tell you, I tell you what happened. And as I said, it was a it was a very difficult time in life, our life. And on that, you know, he kind of sit back in his chair at a moment, and he kind of looked me up and down as if he was trying to decide whether or not I was telling the truth. Well, apparently, he decided I was telling the truth about what happened, and he said, "You know, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, had you not come in here today, I was going to give you all a test tomorrow." I said, oh, I didn't know we had a test tomorrow. He said, we, it wasn't on the syllabus. It wasn't scheduled. I was just going to come in and have it. I was going to weed some people out, more or less. I said, really? He said, yeah. He said, you know what? You're coming here today. I'm going to do something different. And he gave me a student's name that I could get the notes from for the times I missed. And he said, this young lady uh, will let you share, I am sure, uh, let, you, you know, let you copy her notes in class. I said, wow, Okay. And he told me what she looked like, who she was, and where she sat and everything, so I was able to get that. Then he told me something that blew me away. He said, I'm no longer going to walk in tomorrow and give that test. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to walk in tomorrow and start reviewing what y'all need to know to pass the next test. And I think Demon laughed, and I was amazed that God had taken something very difficult in our life, something that broke our heart and made us cry and all those kind of things, and then when we shared it with someone who doesn't really know us and really seemed very uninterested in us, decided that he would take or use that as a sign to change what he was doing and go down another path, go down another way. Yes, I passed that class. Thank you very much. No, I'm not going to tell you what I made. However, I passed that class. <laughs> as did, I think, from what I understand and from what I can tell, other people who wrote it to the end now, none of them ever knew, well, most of them never knew about what his, that professor's plan had been. They never knew how close we all were to being flunked out of that class uh, because, like me, I'm sure they didn't know the things that he would have put on that test. I always look back and realize that God used my crisis, our crisis, mine and Kathy's crisis, something happened in our life. He used that. To, to get that professor to change what he was going to do. And that became a blessing to other people. Many of you, and we're going to close our, our, our podcast today with this story probably. Uh, many of you, especially if you've been around a while, have heard your preacher's quote, have heard people mention, and maybe have even seen books by Charles Spurgeon. Charles Spurgeon is a, a, a preacher from a bygone era. Uh, he was, he was uh, an English pastor. Uh, a prolific writer and speaker, and and really, if you want to uh, look at it, he one of the had one of the early mega churches way back when, I think it was called the Metropolitan Tabernacle. Well, anyway, uh, his wife Susanna, something happened to her after her, 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 her and Charles got married, and I, it, well, life wasn't what she thought it was going to be. 
In fact, she very seldom got out, was able to get out of the house. She went from believe, believing she would be by his side as he did the things he did. And, well, apparently, from what I read this morning, seldom got to attend church or do anything else. Basically, homebound. But she started something that became, well, it became a tool to help pastors. She began to find ways to get her husband's books in the hands of pastors who couldn't afford them. Now, this was a long time ago, and, and books, you know, nowadays, you look it up on the Internet, different things, but not then. Pastors needed study resources and, and needed books that, and insights. And Charles Spurgeon was, well, he was the well-known pastor of the day, and his insights, you know, ministered a lot of people. Well, that ministry that she started eventually became funded by a book fund that people helped you know, fun to do different things. And she was able to help many a minister, many a young pastor was able to study her husband's books and able to proclaim the word of Christ and able to reach people because they had been given tools to develop uh, to develop their approach and uh, to deepen their Bible study. I don't know how many people ever really knew about her. To be honest with you, I've heard of Charles Spurgeon all my life, uh, all my Christian life, I should say. Now, I'm not, if you've listened to me preach and talk, I don't quote a lot of people. <laughs> I, 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 I got very cautious about that years ago. And if I do quote people, they're usually people that are no longer living. Their story's kind of finished. But Charles Burgess has never been a guy that I've quoted a lot, to be honest with you, for a lot of different reasons. But I really admire when I read this story today about his wife who helped other pastors, even though she was in a crisis. And I cannot imagine how difficult that was. She lived in a day where being an invalid, as the word was used in the story, being homebound as the reality would be in our day, unable to get out, go places and do things, and yet to oversee such a magnificent ministry reminded me that God can use our crisis. Well, what about your situation? You're changed today. Are you finding a way for God to use those? What about the critics? Are you letting them stop you? By the way, uh, the only person not being criticized? Well, is a person that's not doing anything and not known by anybody. It doesn't matter. You're going to be criticized. I know that. I've discovered that a long time ago. So why not be criticized for preaching the word, sharing the faith, and doing things to grow the kingdom of God rather than being criticized by sitting on the sidelines and doing nothing. Don't let your critics stop you. Let what they say, what they do, help feed your activity and help broaden your effect. And what about the difficult things in your life? I look back now to that time when I told you that story about what happened in our life. And of all the things I've ever thought about that moment, that time, well, we don't talk about it very much, is that all things work together for good for those who love God and called according to His purpose. We found in the middle of our crisis, God's presence, God's peace, and God's healing power. And then we found, or at least I found, that God used our crisis to help turn up a professor and help save many students in a class that probably needed a grade just like I did. Hey! 
God bless you. Thank you for listening. This has been DK Ministries Proclaiming the Word Podcast. I am Danny Smith. I am your Bible teacher. And boy, I am glad to be back with you. And on the day I'm supposed to be here, thank you for listening. Tell others about our podcast. Remember, we're not seeking uh, offerings or money from you. What we're seeking to do is to give you something to think about. I don't think we call it a thought for the day. And our thought for the day is this. Find out what God can do with you where you are, not looking and not waiting to be somewhere else. Find today what God can do and wants to do in your life. Thanks for listening. Hey, uh, look us up on the Facebook. We have some daily devotional thoughts that are, that are being uh, given there, and we've been doing that since the first year. Let people know about the podcast, and let us know what you think. You can contact us at, I remember to do it at the end, too, uh, dspreacherman at gmail.com, all lowercase, dspreacherman at gmail.com, all lowercase. Listen, God bless you. Thanks for listening, and we will absolutely talk to you the next time. See you later. God bless.